Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So I've been giving this idea a lot of thought lately. How does everything collapse? I think I've got an answer for you. I want to go through a thought experiment based on a podcast that I recently listened to that I cannot uh, suggest enough. It was Jesse Felder, and he was interviewing Ben Hunt. And uh, Josh, if you want to get, if you want to pull that up so we can do a screen share and show everyone what that looks like so they can see that on iTunes. But it was uh, the podcast episode was based on an article that Ben just wrote called The United States of Bed, Bath, and Beyond. And when I heard this podcast, I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because as you guys know, I've been thinking a lot lately about the social decline in the United States. And what Ben and Jesse did is kind of they unpacked how Bed Bath & Beyond is a metaphor for what is happening in financial markets as far as that, uh, there we go, as far as the, the loss of a moral North Star, the loss of ethics. ethics. And, and trust me, it's not like Wall Street ever had ethics to begin with. But I think it goes back to the central planners and the Fed doing the bailouts and this creating a massive amount of moral hazard. And this is what allowed and incentivized even more what I, I would consider flatly illegal types of behavior. But it is legal, but at the very least, it is immoral and it is unethical. But we see this not only playing out in financial markets, but we obviously seeing it play out in society as well. So I think that this, oh boy, I, I think the symptom that we're seeing here is at its root, something that's happening throughout the entire society, not just with specific groups. So let me explain further here. Let's get into this article from Ben Hunt. And specifically, I'm going to go to the end of it here. And he kind of summarizes what has happened over the last few years with Bed Bath & Beyond. If you guys haven't followed this story, it's absolutely fascinating. And he initially gives the example of uh, a story from, I believe it was The Sopranos, where they talk about how if a uh, you know, mob boss or something like that lent money to a specific store owner and they weren't able to pay him back, what the mobsters would do is they would go in and instead of trying to turn around the store, uh, they would basically they would, they would um, take all their lines of credit, they would max them out to buy merchandise, and then they would sell the, the merchandise at a steep discount. They wouldn't pay employees. They wouldn't pay any of the expenses. And then they would just pocket the cost. And they would basically strip the business of everything, sell it off piece by piece, and then just run it right into the ground. And he then showed what they have done with Bed Bath & Beyond. And it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And what the mobsters, I guess, used to call this was doing a bust out. So that's why Ben uses this term. And I want to, you can, they, according to Ben, this has happened three or four times, but most, most recently was, in my opinion, the most egregious. I mean, they're all just disgusting. But this last one is the one I want to focus on here. And then again, throughout this video, I'm going to go over the buybacks, go over how I think the Fed created this with moral hazard. And then I'm going to go over how we're not only seeing this play out in financial markets, but we're also seeing it play out in society, which would lead me to believe, like I said earlier, that it's not just specific groups that have the problem. This is something that's completely universal. 
and it's just being expressed in different ways. That 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 thug that's going into Walmart and stealing everything, he is expressing the problems with society in the exact same way that these guys that were running Bed Bath and Beyond were. So let's go into it here and then connect some dots here. Coming into 2023, Bed Bath and Beyond was functionally bankrupt with negative cash flow from operations, negative growth prospects, and long-term debt, approximately $2.5 billion. So they're functionally bankrupt. So what did they do? Let's skip down. Here's where I'm reading uh, a quote. It looked like one of the people that were in charge there. They said, hey, meme investors were our, we, let's see, hey, meme investors, oh, I see. So this is Bed Bath Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond basically saying to these meme investors because they see a market out there for the riskiest assets possible, even though they knew these assets, quote unquote, meaning their stock that they were going to issue was, was worthless. So they say, here's their pitch. We are probably bankrupt, not probably, we are bankrupt company that wants to sell $1 billion worth of stock. You should definitely do your own due diligence on Reddit for for what happens if we declare bankruptcy or when we declare bankruptcy. But there's a chance the one billion is enough for us to quote unquote turn around. When behind the scenes they know that there was no turnaround. All they were doing is they just saw an appetite for bag holders. So they said, hey, if they're willing to buy it, we're willing to sell it to them. This is the same attitude, the same lack of regard for other human beings rule of law, ethics, morality, as the thug loading up his shopping cart at Target and just walking straight out the front door. There's no difference here, none. And you say, oh, George, well, this is just what uh, you know greedy capitalists always do. Wrong, 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 wrong. I wanted to, in fact, I wrote this down. I wanted to tell you a personal story. Most of you know that I retired in 2012. And although I never was involved with a publicly traded company, I was in the process of selling uh, a couple businesses and buying a couple businesses. Uh, they didn't; a couple of them didn't come to fruition. But I was, I was uh, right in the mix as far as that overall process. And one in particular was a business that I almost sold in 2007. This was to a private equity company, and it would have been a massive windfall for me. We're talking multiple, multiple millions of dollars. But as we got closer to closing, it became obvious to me that if I was going to sell this business to that private equity company, they would fail. I knew it. They would fail. They just didn't have the the, the skill set to run it. Uh, there were some issues with the business that I know that I needed to fix prior to selling this. And just from a standpoint of ethics, even though I would have made literally tens of millions of dollars on this deal, like 30, I can't remember what it was, but like 30 days prior to close, I put the kibosh on it. I said, no, nah, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. This isn't going to happen. And uh, again, I did that because my conscious conscience wouldn't allow me to sell something to another person or an, even an entity, right? This private equity fund, uh, fund knowing that there was a 90% chance they would fail. I, I, just, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't sleep at night. And let's remember that what these guys did, now, 
just because I was selling an entire company, it doesn't matter. These guys are selling stock, which is basically selling equity in the company. They're doing the exact same thing, but it's even more egregious, 10 times more egregious because they're already bankrupt. They're already bankrupt. Now, technically they might not be, but you know if you're running the business, if you're one day away from not making payroll. So effectively, they're completely bankrupt. At least I had a company that was very profitable, very profitable. I just knew that if I, if I sold it to these guys, that there was a high probability that it would not be profitable in the future and might even go under. These guys are doing this with a business that's already pretty much gone bust, right? So, so think about that. And, and then I would ask, number one, how is that not illegal? Now, I, I don't know the, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, let's just say that it's not illegal. Again, at the very least, this is just wildly, wildly unethical. And not only that, uh, let's go back to my story. You know, I was selling this to very sophisticated investors. These guys that ran this private equity business, it's not like they just set it up yesterday, right? These guys had been doing this for decades. So they, and, and not only that, could they absorb the hit? Probably. It would, you know, probably wouldn't have really impacted their balance sheet to a significant degree. But again, it was, it was just, I knew the difference between right and wrong and that was wrong. But these guys are, are taking all of these shares and they're not selling it to a hedge fund. They're not even selling it to a sovereign wealth fund. They're selling it to retail, retail guys that they know darn well are taking their last stimmy check to buy these shares of Bed Bath & Beyond. And you say, well, why are they doing that? Well, number one, because they can issue shares. They know that there's going to be demand for that. But number two, what makes it even more worse, or what makes it even worse, is you look at this. I'm just talking about the Hudson Bay phase here. This uh, this first or the second bust out, they're actually borrowing money, borrowing money to buy back their shares. So they borrow money to buy back the shares, which would make the stock price increase. But then the owners were selling shares into that increase. And what did they do during Hudson Bay, which is what I'm highlighting right here? So they issued this $1 billion worth of stock, right? And just to make sure that the stock price went up, what they did is they had this hedge fund named Hudson Bay Capital Management. And they said, hey, guys, look, this Hudson Bay Capital Management has uh, offered to buy all $1 billion worth of shares. but since you know we're standing up for the little guy here, and because Wall Street always gets the good stuff, now we're giving it to you. You know, this is their pitch. They say we're only going to sell them like 225 million or something like that, and we're going to leave the other 775 million to you, realist to you retail investors on Reddit. Right? This is them being the, the altruistic, the good guy. But really what they're doing is this is all a, just a sales pitch. And what happened is they gave uh, Hudson Bay like warrants and all these. Hudson Bay did put in the 225, but they gave them warrants and basically their downside was zero. So Hudson Bay participated in this scam. And this is quite literally a scam. It's a pump and dump for heaven's sakes. I'm not saying that this is something new to Wall Street, but let's think about what happens when you bail out the uh, system in 2008, or let's go even back to the late 1990s when you start bailing out uh, entities in the financial system that are too big to fail. Well, this sets a precedent, right? It creates moral hazard. 
So if you're a bank or if you're someone that's providing liquidity and you've got the option, do I provide liquidity for an entity to buy back their own shares, especially one of these mega corporations that I know there's a very low probability that they, that they will fail on mass because if they do, what's going to happen? They're going to get bailed out. The system's going to get bailed out. Or do I take that liquidity? Do I create credit in the real economy and provide credit to small and mid-sized businesses that are actually going to produce more goods and services? Well, the bank is going to sit back and say, okay, well, I'm just going to do a simple risk reward here. And on the one hand, if I lend to all these mega corporations to buy back their shares, and by the way, why are they buying back their shares? Because they're doing the same risk reward analysis. Should I buy back my shares or should I invest in R&D? Should I invest in hiring more people? Should I invest in productivity? Well, no, 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 no. If I invest in productivity, then there's a chance that I could take a loss. But if I invest by borrowing all this money and buying my shares back, plus I've got the Fed put, there's almost zero downside. So it, it goes back to Charlie Munger, right? You show me the incentives, I'll show you the outcome. And these are the incentives that were put into place. So you have all of this credit being extended to financial shenanigans and financial shenanigans that were put into place for one reason and one reason only. That was to rip off and scam, quite literally, the retail investor. That's, again, let's go back to Bed Bath & Beyond when they first started doing this. I think it, Ben pointed out that this was uh, like 2012, 2013, something like that. What happened, basically, is they look at Amazon and they say, we're done. We're t we can see the writing on the wall. It might not happen in the next six months, but we know over the next decade, Amazon's going to eat our lunch. So at that point, you've got two options. Number one, you can fight back. Or number two, you can do exactly what they did. So back in the good old days, prior to moral hazard, the banks would have said, wait a minute, you just want to buy all your shares back and do it? I I'm not going to go for that because there's high risk reward there. Or excuse me, there's a lot of risk and there's not that much reward. But if you want to turn around the business, well, this is something we may be interested in because there's going to be risk there but the reward is going to be a lot higher, you see. But now, because of the environment that the central planners have created, again, that risk-reward skews in the favor of those share buybacks. So what you would expect is for that company, megacorporations, the aggregate balance sheet of the S&P 500, to exclusively invest, quote-unquote, in financial shenanigans instead of invest in producing goods and services. And you guys know from watching my videos, how do you measure wealth? Is it the number of currency units? Absolutely not. It's the amount of goods and services a society can produce efficiently. So if you see productivity, if you see the amount of goods and services that a society can produce efficiently go down, I don't care how many currency units are in your bank account. You, meaning society at large, will be poorer. So this is basically a summary of what happened here with Bed Bath and & Beyond. And I think it is a perfect metaphor for the entire financial economy. And it is now a metaphor for what is happening with society at large. In other words, zero ethics, no morals, no regard for rule of law, no regard for other people, extreme narcissism bordering on mental illness. It's exactly what's happening when the thug steals from Walmart. And it's exactly what is happening in the financial market when you look at Bed Bath & Beyond.
Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now, let's go over to some more emails that Josh sent me here. Look at this. This is buybacks going back to 2010, called the GFC, right? So this is uh, the article here, I think was titled Buybacks Drive the Market. But you see on net balance, the only, only net buyers of shares in the S&P 500 have been what? Corporations buying their own damn shares back. Look at this. You've got foreign sector ownership of stocks, basically, uh, basically flat. You've got households, basically flat. U.S. pension funds, down. Now, this is 2019, granted, but it gives you an idea of the concept here. And then look at non-financial corporations, i.e. Bed Bath and beyond. Goes from zero up 15 trillion, <laughs> 15 trillion as far as net buying. So you can sit there and easily argue that the entire increase in the stock market has been financial shenanigans that were put in place to rip off, steal from, and scam the retail investor. Because you see how this works, guys, it, in case you're not following here, is they'll go ahead and they'll the, the owners the sh of these uh, companies, right, the insiders, they'll want to share off, they'll want to sell shares because they sit and look around and say, oh, well, I can either do this, be lazy, or I can work hard and try to produce something. And we know based on my, this last video I did, what are they going to choose? What does society choose now? Laziness. That, for some reason, is a badge of honor now. So, and then and, and, and again, do I care about lying, cheating, stealing? Do I care about hurting that other person? Absolutely not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to borrow all of this money. I'm going to load up the balance sheet with debt just to buy back shares. So what that is that going to do to the share price? That's going to increase the share price because all these fools out there on Reddit that are buying this crap, this garbage, and then you have the insiders that are just selling into that price spike. So the way they're making millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, is not by producing something. It's not by creating an additional good or service. It's not by providing value. It's simply through financial engineering. And it, and this chart illustrates that perfectly. All right, so now let's tie this in to some of the videos that I've been doing recently. And I think Doug Casey articulates this 
a thousand times better than I ever could. So let's go to a recent zero hedge. It looks like this is a, a month old or so, but a, a recent zero hedge uh, interview or going back, I guess this is an interview from International Man, but they're getting Doug's take on exactly what we've seen with all of this shoplifting, which again, it is just, it, it's the exact same thing that's happening on Wall Street. It's just being expressed in a different manner. Is there any difference ethically from what they did with Bed Bath & Beyond to what that thug is doing by loading up his shopping cart and walking out of Target. No, no, it's 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 one and the same. So let's hear Doug talk about this. So Doug Casey, the rise in general crime and the basic legalization of shoplifting in particular are really just symptoms. Exactly. The real problem is that the moral fabric of the U.S. and many other Western countries are torn. There's not much of a moral compass left. It's no longer clear to the average American what is right and what is wrong. Boom. Right and wrong is now viewed as arbitrary social constructs. Property rights are barely even seen as rights, which is perverse since the very concept of rights is based on property starting with your own body, which is the most basic form of property. This degeneration is understandable in a world where black is white and wrong is right. It's become unclear in many people's mind what is man, what is woman, and what the difference is. If there is no recognition of something as basic and obvious as that, the meaning of words and any logic and thought becomes meaningless. So, of course, they have trouble understanding concepts like right and wrong. And I would go on to say it's not just they, the shoplifters, but it's they, Wall Street. It's they, the owners of Bed Bath & Beyond. It's they, the pump and dumpers, that are trying to get you to invest in their recent SPAC or their recent cryptocurrency, Dogecoin, whatever. It's all the same. So he says, anyway, the non-observance of shoplifting laws is just one more symptom of corrupt culture and a collapsing civilization. From the criminal's point of view, this kind of societal environmental uh, environment we're in right now, flash mobs make a lot of sense. And just what I was saying, if the Fed sets up, if the government, if the central planners set up these incentives, going all the way back to long-term capital management, where I'm talking about bailouts here, and then zero interest rates, right? If you set these incentives up, then you've got to expect that you're going to get these types of outcomes. And here we go. You guys have to write this down. And I hope that if you're going to listen to one part of this video, it should be right now because this is the end game. This is how it collapses. Doug, it's the nail right on the head. Increasingly, business itself makes no sense without the amount of taxes or with the amount of taxes, regulation, an entrepreneur has to deal with, with the added to the lack of defense from common criminals or adding basically that the police isn't going to be there. There's no rule of law that they're just good. The criminals are going to walk right in and steal their inventory while the government is basically stealing from them in the form of taxes and making their life impossible through additional regulations. Why are you going to set up a business to Doug's point? It makes no sense. So the there, that's your incentive. 
right? The incentive is to not start a business. The incentive is to sit back, do nothing, and let the government take care of you. Because why should I take risk? Why should I risk my life savings when the probability of me succeeding is so incredibly low? Again, the risk-reward doesn't make sense. So basically, I'm as, as a society, as the average Joe, I'm just going to sit back and take the, the bed, bath, and beyond game plan. But then it goes back to what I was saying before. And how do you measure wealth as a society? Is it currency units? No. Because I can assure you, if it was, there's no problem here. There is no problem with the United States. None. Because we're going to have plenty of currency units. The way you measure wealth is through the production of goods and services. And if, to Doug's point, it makes no sense to start or run a business... If you have no business, by definition, you have no goods and services. And how this all collapses goes back to what Doug was saying at the beginning. Whether it's Wall Street or Main Street, we have lost the ability to distinguish right from wrong. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you on the next video.